Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Rush Nation. Quick editing Liam note here. My internet was absolutely horrendous. Didn't want to play ball whatsoever during this podcast. So there will be times where I'm in and out. My voice goes a bit um, jumpy, but stay tuned. There is plenty of insight in this podcast, especially from our guest who did an absolutely amazing job. Make sure you stay tuned. Let's hit it. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Liam, or at the FSA Tweets on Twitter. And you can see today I am joined by um, Antonio, one of the Five Yard Dynasty writers. Um, and he's also the co-host of Play Action Pass podcast. Antonio, or at FF underscore Lights Out 7 on Twitter. How are you doing, buddy? It's been a long time since you've been on. It has been. It's been too long, Liam. Uh, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. I'm just getting over the Super Wildcard weekend, which is great, and uh, ready to talk some Dynasty with you. I mean, the Wildcard weekend was uh, incredible. I mean, I don't think anyone really thought that the Dolphins would put up such a fight, um, especially yeah. when they were, what was it, 17, I think, down um, early on. And yeah. I thought the Vikings would beat the Giants, and they didn't. They I thought Justin Jefferson wouldn't do a disappearing act in the second half, but yeah. um, I thought the Giants game was good. I thought that was a good game. That was a good watch. That one, the the Buffalo Bills one. I was they were always in control. I thought you know they they were always there. 
um, and they were just ready to take off and get out of sight with Miami. They, they stuck around Miami quite, quite well, but the, the Giants and the, the Vikings game was very enjoyable to watch back and forth. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, and even though I had the Cowboys, um, I don't think I fully expected the Cowboys to knock out the books. I kind of thought that Tom Brady would kick into playoff Tom Brady mode and mm. power through. Um, but I still kind of had my, my backing with the Cowboys and it paid off. I don't know how you feel about them going forward. but The Cowboys, yes, yeah, it's a weird one because I think Dak... Um... I think everyone would admit, really, that Dak hasn't. He, I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't look like the the player pre pre injury when when that happened to his um his ankle. That injury, I think, it was against the Giants actually at home. I can't remember what year it was. But since since that injury, he hasn't really looked himself. When he takes off and runs now, he he looks a a bit sluggish. Um, so he's lost that kind of rush uh, capability. But but you know, it was very weird to see Brady play like that i've never seen him kind of um you know you always think he's in the game but that one even when the kicker was missing kickers <laughs> kicks sorry for dallas and yeah. the points they, they weren't that far away you, you didn't think they would come back not the way tom brady was playing which is very strange you know um uh but yeah to go it's back on your cameras question I, I, it has yeah it has I, I i they got a tough game against san francisco um i think i even fancy dallas uh, probably more if they played the Eagles because it's a divisional game and you never know which that's going to go. But the 49ers at home just look uh, very, very strong. So um, I think they might, their road might end, unfortunately, Liam. I kind of think the Cowboys are going to surprise us and San Francisco are going to fall and then they're going to lose to the, the Eagles in the divisional uh, or in the championship game. Yeah. But that's enough real NFL talk. I mean, this is a fancy football podcast. Oh, of course. Yeah, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? <laughs> Before we dive straight into that, though, um, I want the listeners to know a bit more about you if you if they haven't listened to any of your stuff before or seen you on Twitter. So uh, how long have you been fancy, playing fancy football, Antonio? Oh, a while. Um, I would say I was early, early days in the in uh, probably mid two thousands, so two thousand five, two thousand six. Only on, on the Sky Sports, I started on that kind of app where they would just play one person per position, and then I moved over to NFL.com dot com um, at the back end of twenty two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and then I just got hooked um, on on you know the fantasy that we know, which is redraft, and then obviously. Um, about 2015, I started Dynasty, so I've been playing about seven years now in Dynasty leagues, and I think yeah, that's my um, my preferred uh, preferred um, kind of format for Dynasty, um, which I should say that on a Dynasty podcast, to be honest. But um, obviously, playing a lot of ball, best ball in DFS now, especially as we go into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, 20 years plus maybe. I've been watching, and I've I've watched the NFL ever since the Super Bowl with um, uh, San St. Louis Rams against the um, Tennessee Titans when Kevin Dyson was a yard short. So I think that was ninety nine, two thousand year. So I've been watching the NFL since then. So I feel like an old timer. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even going to tell you what I was doing in 1999, <laughs> mate. I don't think you want to. I don't want to know. I don't think I want to know. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. 
but how did you get into producing content? As I said, like you're a Five Yard Dynasty writer, you co-host yeah. for the Play Action Pass yeah. podcast. How did you get into doing all of that? So we started. Um, I mean, I've been listening to podcasts probably since uh, 2014-15 when I when I switched over to the Dynasty, and there was a lot more. There was a few Dynasty podcasts coming out there, especially on DLF and things like that. And um, a couple of years after that, <clears throat> um, our redraft league, which I said was going from 2011 or 2012, so you know, with 11 years in, decided to have a chat about things on a podcast. You know, we all listen to the fancy footballers. We all listen to those kind of podcasts around 2016 17 and then in terms of content um i've been putting out these short videos for play action pass um and that seemed to go down quite well i sent it to a few of the uk contingency if you like the fancy contingency they said you know yeah it looks all right keep going so i did um and recently unfortunately really the podcast we kind of stopped in november which we probably shouldn't have i think it was week 15 or 16 just when the playoffs and and the, the fancy championship arrived play action pass took us took a step back um so hopefully we kick things off again this year and obviously the five yard um dynasty angle of it i really enjoyed writing for that so hopefully that kicks off again in the off season so yeah i'm sure it will can't wait to see all your uh your content coming out i love those little short videos that you did for the uh the play action pass but we're here cool. for end of season review um for the running backs within the fancy community as a dynasty uh angle before we dive into that i did leave the show last week um with paul um uh, reviewing the quarterbacks with a little brain teaser so for those of you that you don't remember or didn't listen the uh, brain teaser was which two quarterbacks only played one game in the whole season yet finished as a qb1 in points per game when you include all weeks that's week one seven uh, one to 18. now i pose this to antonio before the podcast um Antonio, have you any idea? Bear in mind that these two names are probably not ones that you expect, hence why it's a break. Oh, you give me two minute notice, Liam. But I want to say, um, so just that, it, can it be a week 18 quarterback? Yes. Is one of them you're a week right. 18 quarterback? Uh, yeah. Okay, I think right. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with the Giants' Davis Webb for one answer. That is one of them. Um, so I Davis I'm Webb. The other one. Go on. Yeah, Davis Webb and Sam Howell in week 17 oh, yeah. and 18. I should have, yeah, I should have um, carried on that through the, the thought process of the late weeks. But yeah, I remember yeah. Davis Webb throwing up a good run week 18. Um, so yeah, week 17 and 18, those who became QB1s, um, which is incredible, but um, didn't really help anyone within the fantasy community. So um, stay tuned to the end of the podcast, and I'll have a running back brain teaser for you all that we'll answer on next week's show. I'll see whether Antonio can get it at the end. Um, but we'll go into the running back review to start off with. Um, we, we To start off, normally we're going straight into the top 12 quarterbacks, but I thought last week when we had a look at all the uh, teams that could potentially have a change at quarterback. I thought that was quite helpful. So we may as well do the same for running backs. And um, this list kind of 
doesn't just look at those that are those teams that are losing court uh, losing running back sorry but those that could have a change and the running back still on that roster but they're they're cutting or potentially could cut or trade the the running back one currently that we've seen or um we could also be seeing a, a team that has no contracted running backs whatever but this is a list that i've come down on Antonio, give it a listen, or you, you can read it off the show sheet and tell me whether I've missed anyone, whether you think that or, or disagree with anyone that I've said. So we'll start off with Green Bay. Um, myself and Rich, who formerly co-hosted with me, spoke a lot about Aaron Jones and his contract, and we don't think that Aaron Jones will be in Green Bay on that contract. Either the contract changes or Aaron Jones uh, potentially gets cut or I very much doubt traded at this point, but probably cut um, before free agency um, or there's some sort of restructure. Chicago, I mean, we've seen Khalil Herbert be incredible when he's had the workload, but David Montgomery is now a free agent um, at the end of this season, which is um, end of February, I believe it is, whenever the the year rolls over. Um, So Khalil Herbert, could be the running back one. They could draft one, so on. Um, this one's probably going to shock a lot of people. Minnesota Vikings. Dalvin Cook has a pretty cuttable contract, so that's one that could be seeing a change of guard at running back position. Another one to notice is Alexander Mattison is also a free agent, so maybe that makes it even more unlikely, but that's something to think about there. Moving over to the NFC East, you've got Dallas, um, we've got Tony Pollard that is um, out of contract to the end of the year, but you've also got um, Zeke who could be cut as well um, or traded, but I very much doubt on that type of contract. Philadelphia Eagles lose Sanders to um, free agency. New York Giants lose Saquon Barkley to free agency. The entire NFC South could have a somewhat changing guard at the running back position. Um, then you've got the Rams, the Cardinals, both again, um, potential changes at that position. Cincinnati Bengals, this is one that I kind of hazardly put on there, and the Cleveland Browns, both have contracted uh, running backs, but both have cut uh, cuttable contracts. So uh, the dead cap is significantly lower than the cap it on this year. The Dolphins, question marks completely over their running back room. Buffalo, um, I put this one on there because I wanted to talk about James Cook a little bit, but I'm sure we can come on to that a bit later. And James Cook and Name Hines are both um, under contract there. But we've seen Devin Singletary there for four years now. Um, I don't think that the Buffalo are going to bring them back, uh, bring him back. So maybe they draft a late round running back, but I kind of expect James Cook to be the lead there. And he's a sneaky buy for me at the moment because I don't think many people have caught on. Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry, again, cuttable contract, older running back. Um, the Raiders are losing Josh Jacobs to free agency. Kansas City, we've seen their complete confusion at running back position. I mean, we've seen Isaiah Pacheco could become the lead role, uh, the lead man there. You've also seen McKinnon score, I think it's like seven or eight touchdowns um, in the, the, the lead up to the playoffs. So we have no idea what's going on there. Um, and Clyde Edwards player comes back from IR and 
and should be back by the start of next season. And then the last one I've got on here, again, kind of like Cleveland and Cincinnati, is the Los Angeles Chargers with Austin Eckler. This one, I'm pretty sure they're not going to move on from Eckler with the type of season he had. And he's already on a lowish cap here of like seven or eight million. Um, and they only save about six by getting rid of him. And with that six million, they're not bringing in another rain back uh, that will replace that type of production. So I don't think they're going to move on, but it's a possibility with the contract he's on. Is there anyone that I missed that you kind of thought of or dis- yeah. do you disagree with anyone? No, I, I agree with most of them. I, I, well, I'll circle back. That Miles, I don't think you mentioned Miles Sanders or the Eagles. I might have missed it if you did. I, I did, yeah, but you did Sanders is on okay, it. Fine. Yeah. yeah, because that is obviously a very um, kind of profitable place for a running back, I would say. Although they did like they like to switch them in and out this year. I feel like if 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 they do put a workhorse back in Philadelphia um, or one of these free agents goes there, someone like a Josh Jacobs, and they pay them to be the workhorse back, I think that'll be very, that's a very good spot to land. Um, so I'm going to probably keep my eye on what happens with Miles Sanders. Maybe they bring it back. I don't think they will. Um, I don't think, um, we'll see what he does in the playoffs, but I, I, my gut feel is they won't bring Sanders back. So that's probably a position I'll be watching. Um, and I think you mentioned, uh, what was the one, Aaron Jones early on. So you and Rich, I know I've, I've, you, I know where you and Rich stand on this. But so it, can I just ask, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, does that change your mind on whether or not they cut him or not, in your opinion? It does, yeah. And I think that if he, if Rodgers comes back, then Jones is signing a restructured contract. I yeah. think that they're more likely to cut him if Rodgers doesn't come back because they'll start the rebuild with AJ, AJ Dillon under a rookie contract, Jordan Love under contract. But yeah, if I agree. Rodgers I comes agree. back, then I, I expect a restructure there. Yeah. Okay. So that, that is one to watch. Maybe we watch Rodgers rather than the running backs there because they won't cut Aaron Jones until later on in the season, but they'll make a decision um, with Rodgers early, I can imagine although he does like to string it out a little bit. So, I mean, if you were playing the betting game there a little bit, you could probably get, if if it looks like Rodgers is going to stay, say, March, April, around the draft time, um, you could probably gamble on Aaron Rodgers staying, and you could probably get him quite cheap, and he'll probably produce, because, you know, he did look better than A.J. Dillon down the stretch this year. Um, so that's another thing to consider. So I wouldn't be, wouldn't be throwing away Aaron Jones if I had him just yet i would keep an eye on rogers there completely agree i mean we've seen rogers and um, just today as of recording tuesday 17th that he's not made a decision and he's either going to be all in or all out of the 2023 season that That's doesn't classic, really yeah. tell me that doesn't really tell us anything does it um, no. and i think but, he did something similar last year didn't he and then he brought Randall yeah, Cole he back. <laughs> yeah yeah, um, he did so. the, the great Randall Cobb on a extortion contract. Yeah, that we then because he, 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 he would change uh, change a few games by himself. Although he did have that one monster game, didn't he? Was that against Cardinals? Where he, he ended up scoring. He's had a few. Games. He's had a few good games, and I understand what he was saying. But that type of contract, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, coming back to the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm looking at their cap and they've got about 10 million in 2023 cap space. 
But when you look at the free agents that they're losing, like Fletcher Cox, Robert Quinn, mm -hmm. Brandon Graham, Je Javon Hargreaves, Jason Kelsey, James Bradbury, uh, Kaiser uh, uh, White has been quite every, good. Most of those players are old as well. Just I, I yeah, older anyway. I, I haven't got their ages in front of me, but just yeah. reading off that list, they're not going to bring all those back for sure. I mean, you've got Javon Hargreaves that is uh, Javon Javon Hargreaves, sorry, is twenty nine, nearly thirty. Uh, James Bradbury is twenty nine and a half. So all of these are going to be thirty or over. Um, you also lose Miles Sanders and Chauncey um, Gardner Johnson at the end of the season. Mm. Looking at their free agents, I can't imagine they're bringing in a huge running back. I can imagine they draft one. Um, that's why I wanted to bring it up because they have a lot of big name that free agents that are going to cost quite a bit to re-sign them yeah. all. So yeah. they can always restructure, but. Um, yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting team to watch, especially at the running back position. And um, let's dive into the first segment. So that is the top 12 running backs. Um, now, I've done this five points per game, as I did last week, um, using four games minimum, but there's no running back with less than four games, luckily. So... Always through these, these are going from 1 to um, 12. So that's Austin Eckler at running back 1, CMC, um, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and then Brees Hall, who had seven games, came in at running back 7. Um, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, James Conner, Aaron Jones, and Leonard Fournette. Before oh. we dive into a lot of these names, um, I wanted to quiz you. A little bit. Sorry for the short notice. But I wanted to quiz you no a little worries. bit. Out of all of those, how many do you think are 24 or under? Out of those 12 uh, names? Without looking, two. One. So you, you were close. One. Oh, well, um, I'm pretty close, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Brutal, yeah. Um, then there's one 25-year-old, which is Josh Jacobs. There are two 26-year-olds, which is Saquon and um, Pollard. And this is talking at the start of next season. Sorry, I should have clarified that. But at the start of the 2023 season. Um, and then the rest of that um, list. So there are eight running backs that are 27 or older going into the 2023 season. Or at the beginning of yeah. the 2023 season. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? Really? Notable. Yeah, I, I was looking and I thought, oh, they're all kind of older running backs. And the more that I looked at it, the more I'm thinking we're, we're due a, a change in, I keep saying it, about changing guard at the, the fancy running back top 12. Um, I can imagine a few of these are going to hang around a little bit more. But how many of these names you actually expect to see at the top 12 next season? Um, just something to consider. Yeah. Um so I think there's a few safe ones. I think Eckler, McCaffrey, Barkley sounds safe to me from the older crop. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're, we're going to take injury out of this, are we? Because, you know, that's a pretty impossible for running backs. It yeah. could happen. And it could happen at any time. Um, but there's a couple of, I would think that would break in. 
and I don't know if this is the next segment, so I, I probably won't spoil that yet. But I'm just thinking about the older ones that are drop out. So I, I, James Connor is an interesting one. I think he um, he uh, when healthy, they gave him the workload. I think he was the had the highest percentage snap uh, snap percentage for a running back um, when healthy. Um, and I just don't think so. I think they start the year. The Cardinals are going to start the year without Kyler Murray. They got a new offensive coordinator, um, and new with James coach. Connors, new head coach. That's what I meant. Sorry, good, good shout. Um, Kingsbury will become an offensive coordinator. That's what I was thinking. Uh, wherever he goes next, probably. But but uh, I can't imagine someone giving someone coming in and saying, right, James Conner, 95% snaps next year. That's, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, no head coach is going to do that, in my opinion. So I think that is one that will drop out of that because he relied on volume um, alone, really. Uh, he did look good, though. I mean, then, uh, I don't know if it was because he took some time off with an injury in the first half of the season, but he actually looked quite fresh down the stretch. Um, but I don't think that he carries on. And the same goes for Leonard Fournette. And I think we've... Ch- the, with, with with Fournette it's, it's really been the kind of check downs from Brady that's, that's kept them afloat um, because he was losing time to Rashad White and actually the funny thing is Fournette was actually scoring the same amount of points when he was even the lead back compared to when he went into a 50-50 split with Rashad White so that, that just means you know he was he had a role and he was catching passes from Brady but his, his kind of running between the tackles has disappeared um, so there's two names there, I think, that will slip straight away out of the top 12 for confidence next year. Yeah, I, I can see both of them. The other one is Tony Pollard that I, I think will drop out. So we might disagree on that one. I Free think, agent? I, he, yeah, he, he, well, so are you in, you in the, the camp that Zeke can't be cut, I guess, and Pollard can't be kept next year? They're not going to keep them both. Is that right? Let me look at the contract one second. I, I think that the issue is Pollard, I don't see him as a lead back. I see him as a 1B checkpace guy. Um, five million. Um, yeah, they, they save five million pre-June 1st, and then they'll save nearly a million post-June 1st. Um, okay, I think that, de- that pushes a bit of cap into the 2024 season, which I don't yeah. know whether Jerry Jones is going to want to do. Um, so let's call it five million spe- cap space, as well as losing Pollard. I think you could potentially bring Pollard back with that five mil and look very similar to what you did this year, but I don't think that that's what Jerry Jones will do. It's just not. Just not him, is it? Uh, I, yeah. I think it's tough for Pollard in maybe like um, Khalil Herbert a little bit, just a better version. I think that he's kind of yeah. like a change of pace that can carry the load in a game, but I don't think he'll he'll carry the load in the season. Fair enough. I, I, I've been every time I watch Pollard, even last year. I think I, I've just been impressed. I think he, he can. He, you just blink and he's got five yards, you know, and uh, maybe it's because he comes in, in in place of Zeke and they look completely different. But, but you know, I, I don't know why someone like him can't get a shot or a lead down role 
um, he does feel, I know what you're saying about looking light and maybe not good between the tackles, but, you know, every time he does it for Dallas, he looks pretty good. So why not give him more, more and more uh, workload and see what happens? So I think he'll be, he'll be one to watch because his agent might be in his ear thinking that, you know, he's done enough this year to get a big, big money deal. Um, I don't think that's the case. I agree with you. I think you should go back to Dallas and slowly eat out Zeke because that's what he's doing right now. And it's, he, he looks electric compared to him. So, but yeah, I mean, if he does go he back to Dallas, I, I don't know why he can't be top 12 again. I don't know why he can't re- repeat this kind of season. So I'm probably reluctant to throw him out the top 12 as quick, as quick as you, I think. I don't know. I know we've just started to just dive into these, but I think the main issue for him is the running back market. You see Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley, even Jamal Williams um, mm. is on there, Raheem Mostert. There's a few guys that you can kind of see in that lead or somewhat 50-50 role, 1A, 1B role. Do you say and Kareem? I think that's the issue as well Kareem as the as well no i didn't kareem hunt's a, a great um shout as well you, and, you're and seeing I, a lot of guys is, is, uh, is, Dam- is damien harris uh, is damien harris for new england patriots a um free agent i think he might he be is, as well i believe yeah he is yeah and you've got um i, I mean don to form has show, shown himself to do well in in spots i mean i'm not saying all of these guys are going to be brilliant and they're all going to take that one be wrong um again yeah. i've scrolled down the list a bit more you've got devin single terry damian harris and um, david johnson alexander Matteson. i think this kind of goes into the situation where what we we find fancy players and dynasty players do and try and shoehorn everyone in as a wide receiver 12 or a running back 12 and then you run out of spots and you end up having 15 yeah. to 20. That's so true uh top top 12 guys i think people are trying to do that with the 32 running back roles or workhorse yeah. roles they're trying to shoehorn too many people in and i think pollard amongst a lot of the guys we've just mentioned obviously barkley isn't going to be a 1a 1b i would ex- i would hope that any Fair team that wants to do it but i think there's not enough roles especially with the new running back coming in as well yeah, I know yeah. I've not mentioned it on this pod, but you've got B. John Robinson and a few of the other guys like, um, is it Gibbs. Jam- yeah, Jamar Gibbs? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm doing my, I'm doing my tape break downs at the moment in model, but these are these are guys that are going to come in and demand workload like Brees Hall did, and I'm I'm expecting somewhat of a between a 2022 and a is it the 2020 class where we had about five or six new guys come in that were great? Like the, uh, yeah. it was the Clyde Edwards there, Jonathan Taylor class. I think that was 2020. And yeah. um, I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of running backs come in and demand some sort of role. So I think there's just not enough jobs. That's where I'm going with that. It's a sh- it is a shame though, because he's, he's shown it, you know, you've lifted, listed all those that you, Devin Singletary, Damon Harris and all that. That's fine. But Pollard's actually shown that he could be belong in the top five points per game, whereas those others haven't. So that, that's the only that's the only thing. You know, when you see a name, when you see his name, you know that he can do it. Whereas the others, 
fine. They've had the workhorse role, but they've never hit that height that Tony Pollard has done. So um, that might be the difference. Um, you completely get it. But is there anyone else that you wanted to speak about? I mean, um, Jacobs, I guess. Really deep in Pollard, others. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'd be interested. So Derek Henry is an interesting one because, you know, I, who's to say that he doesn't have the same kind of role next year? And we know what that is. That's that's going to be first and second down, um, and not much from the catch, uh, you know, catching. But he, but so he finished RB RB four this year in that role. Uh, are we just going to say that he's a one year older? Is that all that's going to change? I can't see Titans bringing in any of these free agents. They're going to stick to someone like Dontrell Hilliard or a third down back specialist, aren't they? Um, and therefore, we got to look at Henry the same as we did this year, haven't we? That's what I would challenge unfortunately here is another place where i cut out um i started talking about derrick henry and that his contract is tradable and cuttable but i don't think it's going to happen um so we're just going to skip over that part and just go straight into what i've got to say when i come back in i think derrick henry is just as in as the another top 12 guy and probably top five but after this season, after the 2023 season, what do you see happening? Because the yeah. contract, I believe, I need to double check it, but I believe he's out of contract at that point. And then he's also going into the season as a 29-year-old running back because he's going into the season as yeah. 28. Um, so he's essentially worthless in the dynasty community. So is this the very last I think it get is. out now? I think, or just ride him until he retires. No, I, I think you'll have another get out when when the Titans don't bring anyone in and they stick with someone like Dontrell. I'm not going to say if it is him, but it wouldn't surprise me if that that's that's what they go into the season with. I think if that's the case, you sell straight away, especially when Henry starts going first round of redraft. That'll be the thing that pushes. That'll be the button for me on dynasty leagues. You know, if he if he's in that top in the first round for redraft. I'll be selling him because they'll get you'll get the redraft buzz, and then that's your window to sell in Dynasty. Um, and we'll mention some names in a minute. DeAndre Swift. Those you, you're going to take the you're going to take that kind of player straight up for him. Um, and obviously, he might be going in round three or four in uh, in redraft after this year. So um, I'll be looking to that to do that kind of move probably as soon as uh, as soon as the rosters start getting set over the summer. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, 
Yeah, I completely agree. When when people move the draft mindset, that is when to sell these older running backs. Same with a guy like you could be looking at a similar situation with him. Um, you're getting into a final sell now. I think at the end of last season or the start of last season was probably the best chance for you to have sold him. I missed who you said. Sorry, Liam. What did you say? I missed you again. Am I cutting out by any chance? Yeah. Eckler. No, I, th- I think... Yeah, so interestingly with Eckler, I mean, again, it, weird because he ended up being RB1 with um, a 60% snap share or 60 to 65. And we just know how much value he gets from catching the ball. I don't, I, I can't see that skill set disappearing from us in Eckler. Um, there was, oh, do you remember the start of the season? There was panics because he wasn't getting the goal line work. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think even if that happens, I can see a very similar season this year. Sorry, next year with Austin Eckler that we just saw um, this past season. So I'm, I'm less worried about Eckler because he'll keep that role. Um, and the likes of, you know, Jarek McKinnon has shown that the pass catching role is very, um, very valuable in fantasy football, even when you get up to a certain age. So I can see, you know, Eckler last a little bit longer. I'm less worried about Eckler. It depends what you're going to get back in return uh, for these players, of course. But, you know, um, I'd be willing to sell Henry before Eckler. So what would you be looking for? Liam's gone. So he's going to ask, I think he was going to ask me what I'm looking for um, if I'm looking to sell these players. So, yeah, I, I think I mentioned earlier um, someone like DeAndre Swift for uh, DeAndre Swift for uh, Derek Henry, someone like that. And if you've got to swap some some picks either way, then I'm, I'm okay with that. The Eckler, I'd be looking to get a stud wide receiver probably. So I would probably move away from the running back position with Eckler because he's he holds more value than Henry. And then you're looking into the top tier of wide receiver. And, you know, there will be players, dynasty players as well, who who may value maybe that not that top tier of wide receiver, but the one underneath someone like a CeeDee Lamb um, in that range, AJ Brown. And, and, you know, that's where you can target Austin Eckler. You've got no chance of getting one of those with uh, Derek Henry. So that's the difference between them both, I would say. So, so this is a part where I cut out, unfortunately. I started to talk about Nick Chubb and um, Joe Mixon. I didn't want to leave this blank, so I'm just going to let actual Liam take over right now. Nick Chubb, and I don't think it's going to happen again. Just a guy that has a cuttable contract or a tradable contract. Um, but we started to see his usage trail off. I mean, he was basically money for any through the... Jacoby Brissett portion of the season but when Deshaun Watson came in he became a running back three after being he was new enough to running back one overall over the Jacoby Brissett portion of the season so Nick Chubb is someone that I'm very interested in going forward because Mm. he's just a complete unknown going forward is he going to gain that running back one overall upside every week is he gonna 
carry on around this running back 24 to 36 range like he was at the end of the season. I think he's just an interesting guy that I don't think you can move on anymore. No, I think he's worth a gamble. So there are players like Mixon and Chubb are very interesting, aren't they? I know they're back-to-back in, in the list that you said, but I, you're more likely to take a gamble on someone like um, Nick Chubb than Joe Mixon just because the, for pure out-and-out running ability, Nick Chubb has got that and has um, still shown that he can do it. Whereas Mixon has looked a tad slower this year through the whole, and he's losing the, the catching role to Pirine. I don't, you know, the, the coaching staff are not going to change in the, in the Bengals. So Mixon, they, that's how they view Mixon. He's not that good pass protection. Um, I think they brought that up actually recently on the, on the playoff game. So yeah, whereas Nick Chubb's not going to lose his running ability, he might get a bit slower, might get a bit older. What well, he's going to get a bit older, but you know, so through the hole. But he just, he just. You know, with a full season as a Sean Watson, I think you take a gamble yeah. on Nick Chubb and where you don't do that on Mixon, I think. So let's move on to the outside of the box. Um, yeah. Spoken about the top 12 at, um, at the running back position for points per game. I wanted to talk about some of the guys that won't be captured in that, and especially as a running back is a lot more broader than... Um, than the quarterback position. The first guy you've already mentioned is DeAndre Swift. Now, it's curious you're saying that you should try and sell um, Henry for DeAndre Swift um, at the start of the season, maybe, when there's a lot more hype around Henry scoring points. And my question that I put on the show sheet is, do you look to sell now on DeAndre Swift? And the reason I put that is um, I could be quoted at the start of the season or in the middle of the season when DeAndre Swift got injured again of I'm done with DeAndre Swift I'm I'm done with his career trajectory I loved him as a talent I loved him as a prospect coming out but he just gets injured and he's never on the field when he is he's great but when he's not or the issue is he's not way too often Jamal Williams took a lot of touchdowns and I know that that's People are saying or could say that Jamal Williams isn't going to be there next year. So does Swift get that uptick? I mean, touchdowns are sticky. Where are the running back position and going to get all of those touchdowns in 2023? No one really knows. Um, But my question, I suppose, is not only do you sell now, now that he's going to be healthy, he had a good end of the season, but is he also kind of like a Joe Mixon copy, a Joe, a Joe Mixon kind of clone in terms of his career no. trajectory? Because Joe Mixon spent first three years of his career injured and frustrating fancy players, and then had a massive spike and had a massive yeah. blow up into the fancy community uh, when people had started giving up. So. Do we see that with Swift, or do we think it's a uh, time to get out? Uh, so I'm, uh, I think, no, I think he's a strong buy. So this is the thing with these players we're going to see. Um, we're going to see a difference in opinion on some of these, and that's great because that exactly. you see trades because of that, don't you? You know, if I think Swift's a buy and you think he's a sell, bang. You know, this it's great. This is this is the whole point of dynasty. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I think he's a buy 
because I, I, I watched the Lions um, a lot because, you know, they were fun to watch for starters. Um, and when he was on the field, the ball was like a magnet to him, honest to God. And I don't know whether that's golf, you know, nothing open downfield, but or whatever, or they said, right, Swift is in, he's having the ball. And that's why, you know, he produced so much fantasy points being on the field so little. And I think you've got to go with that in terms of projection for the years to come. He's not going to be on the field for 10 uh, 25% snaps, 30%, which is some of the games he was in. Even if Williams is there next year, you've, you've got to gamble on him getting more of a run out on the field, and therefore the fantasy points will come. The other thing is, obviously, the less time he, he you know, he's on the field now, the more kind of fresh legs he has. He, he just, he's just, he can break it at any point, you know. Um, and and pass catching back, he's got, he's probably in the top five for me. Um, Eckler, McCaffrey, and I think Swift's in the top five. So, yeah, he's a buy for me. And buy now is a good idea. The only thing is, I would, a bit of warning probably is, um, you know, even if Jamal Williams doesn't come back, the the blueprint obviously worked for that kind of running back. So you've mentioned loads. Damian Harris is another type, Donda Foreman. Well, who's to say, okay, right, Jamal Williams is not in the picture. We'll just put a clone, Don Foreman, in there, and he's the goal line back. Um, so I think, actually, there might be another buy window after free agency when something like that happens. Um, and that's the time to buy, probably. But I would be buying. So he, he, so we'll he went into the season in August as the running back three in DLF ADP. He was the consensus running back three. He was my running back three as well. Um, but then so this is the thing, me, and that's why I say I'm almost at the point where I want to sell him. But I don't. It's not because he's disappointed me because of play. He's disappointed me because he can't stay healthy, and I've had him for two years, and it's getting to that point where I don't think he's going to stay healthy and injuries are sticky you're never going to be able to do it um you're never going to be able to hmm. predict injuries but it's just getting to that point where it's getting a bit too much for for that and i kind of want a return on investment and if that means selling maybe that's a that's an option but i'm not underselling right now i'm not i'm not getting fleeced i want I want a good return for no. Swift, or I'll just run it out. Like like you said, it might be start of the season, there's a lot of hype around Swift, and that's when you can sell all the first few weeks when he has a few few big games and he starts well, scoring points. I, don't... I think if you're going to sell, you sell when as soon as you hear the news that Jamal Williams is not coming back. As soon as that breaks, you sell. If you want to get out, that's your chance because, you know, they will be bringing in someone else. Now, I I don't think the names that I've mentioned are going to... I don't think they'll have that impact that Williams had, so I think there'll be more touchdown for Swift. That's what I'm banking on. Um, what did he finish this year? RB, RB yeah, RB17 in points per game or RB24 in season-long scoring. So point, points per game is interesting because, he, he, I mean... His snap percentage was was must have been less than fifty, and he's putting up RB. He finished his RB seventeen. Um, I can check that now, but um, yeah, I'll be buying. 
It, it's definitely so. interesting, especially if Jamal Williams doesn't come back and they don't sign anyone. He's going to have a massive uptick. Yeah. Oh well, then yeah, then you've lost. Completely. You've lost your buy window. Then Completely. <laughs> you've lost your buy window. If <laughs> they do sign anyone, I think that's going to be uh, again. But I don't think it's going to be any lower than it is right now because you've already seen Jamal Williams with him and what he can do when he's healthy with Jamal Williams. So, um, again, editing Liam here. I'm cutting in and out in the live stream. We're moving on to Kenneth Walker here. He was the RB24 in DLF ADP um, in August. He's now the running back three in DLF ADP in December. Are you surprised that he's jumped that high? A huge jump for him. Yeah. Um, huge jump and... Um... He's shown basically a complete skill set. That's why, because there was a lot of question marks about whether or not he could catch the ball. Um, as well as Penny's hot start, actually, if you remember Penny's hot start, as well, probably factored into not not climbing the ladder. So when he wasn't on the field, he didn't get to showcase his skill when Penny was there. But you know, we all knew Penny would break down eventually. I think in Dynasty, um, RB12 now looking back. Oh, sorry, RB24 in August feels ridiculous, doesn't it, to say um, that he was RB24. Um, and we've got to remember where these teams take these players, especially running backs. He went in the same range as Jonathan Taylor in the in the NFL draft. Um, Seahawks could have gone a different route. If I remember, they had loads of needs. It was like, why are they choosing a running back? You know, what are they doing? They've got to build this, they've got to build that. They could have gone loads of different positions, O-line, for example, whatever. And they went running back, and that just shows how much they, they valued him. Added to that all the, the off-season chat about Pete Carroll saying he wanted to run the ball. We should have seen this coming. Um, but yeah, he's he's there to stay now. And he's he's he has jumped Brees Hall. Um, so it's interesting to see what happens when those two are both fit next year. I think that when they're both healthy, I think Hall is the is the guy. But maybe Hall comes back with a bit of a, a slow comeback, as we've seen from yeah. ACL um, injuries. So I think it's quite interesting to see that kind of dynamic between the two there. Um, but do you think this is a sell opportunity now at RB3 with Kenneth Walker? Um, I'm reluctant to sell these that kind of player especially in year two yeah so i guess what you what you're saying is is this is peak when you look at someone yes. like this yeah um and... well that's the question is this peak and and if so what are you selling see i so, well i don't know why he can't be rb1 so you know jonathan taylor mccaffrey i don't know who's uh let's have a look who's rb1 uh uh, I believe John is still RB1, yeah. Yeah, but so, you know, and Barkley, Barkley's close at there. Uh, there. There's no reason why Walker can't be RB1 um, by mid, mid-season mid next year when, when Taylor and Barkley are half a year older. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't sell. I wouldn't sell Kenneth Walker now. Well, that, that shut that one up. <laughs> Let's move on to Ramondre Stevenson. That, um, 
he had a, a huge jump from running back 29 in um August DLF ADP and he finished as the running back line nine in season long and running back 13 in points per game and uh, just missing out on that top 12 running back spot in points per game but he exploded on scene we saw Damian Harris get injured um, and basically get sidelined while Stevenson was running incredibly um, but my worry is that Damian Harris is now a free agent, which leaves the door wide open for um, Bill Belichick to bring in a new guy, whether it is through free agency as one of those many that I've listed, um, mm. just as a as a kind of uh, like maybe a Jamal Williams, that kind of back, or whether we see mm. um, Bill Belichick bring in a guy through the draft or multiple guys like we saw last year, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris came through the draft. I mean, they've not really done a lot. Um, they've had flashes. They, they, they haven't actually, they haven't actually looked that bad. So, you know, worst case, there's three running backs there. They could, they could be the main three and uh, Bill Belichick likes JJ Taylor and you know, six Dion Lewis type. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they had uh, one more at least. But but you know Stevens. I mean, Stevenson is is probably um, someone to keep an eye on because I think he might creep into the first round of redraft. Very similar to what we said about Derek Henry. There's probably you know if it, if they go in with those three plus JJ Taylor clone or whatever, and there's four running backs that Bill Belichick's got, they've shown they can put Stevenson out there for ninety percent of snaps. So that'll be that'll be signs that you know they probably want to. They, they've got no problems doing that again. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's probably one to watch. Yeah, I like that you've highlighted him. Uh, he's only 24 as well. So I think, yeah, he's got he's got legs in him. So another one that I was high on in the off-season and then uh, quickly jumped off in the um, in, in season. However, I was, it was the opposite way. I was actually right about this one, whereas Stevenson, I was wrong. Um, jumping off a little bit too early. Clyde Edwards Leclerc, mm-hmm. so he running back one for a lot of people in his draft class. Um, there is a lot of talk. I, myself and Paul, who we had on the show last week, were very high on him going into this season. In Paul's Buys and Sells article that he wrote um, during the season on a Wednesday, or released on a Thursday, sorry, Um we saw, or I, I went on there and I recommended to sell Clyde Edwards Lair. And I remember him telling me um, he didn't agree in in le- less less words than that. Um, <laughs> we had we, we had a bit of a discussion about it, but it was the right call. Yet for the wrong reasons, I didn't think that Clyde Edwards Lair would have five strong weeks and then all of a sudden lose favour and then get injured and put on IR for the rest of the season. Um, I didn't think Isaiah, um, Isaiah Pacheco would come in and do what he's done. Rushing, um, basically all the rushing work and then McKinnon score ridiculous amounts of touchdowns um, to close out the season. And I think this is where if you've got him, you've just got to hold um, I mean, he was the RB27 in 
um, August ELF ADP, and there's, mm. he, I'm not. He was the RB thirty seven in points per game or RB forty five in season and finish. Um, yeah, as I said, great five weeks to start the season, and then basically did nothing else afterwards. Um, you're just hoping that he does something at the start of the season, and someone bites and gets back in. Yeah, that's all you can say about that. As soon as he does sell wherever he, he is, because he could get cut, can he, easily? Yeah, uh, and that's kind of why I had him on here. Is you you could easily see um, Isaiah Pacheco taking over that role, um, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire completely ousted from that. I could do. Um, they could yeah. they they could easily get rid of him. I mean. Jarrett McKinnon is a free agent in the 2023 um, off season or in this off season coming up. So it is. You see, um, an, a new running back brought in through the draft, through wherever McKinnon could be re-signed. I think Clyde Edwards-Helaire is kind of gunning Kansas City. However, that happens. Um, yeah. I don't think he's going to return any value while he's in Kansas City. I think he needs a fresh start somewhere else. Agreed. Last one. Um, last one we've got on the list for you, Antonio, is Jonathan Taylor, the running back one overall. And it was by quite a distance in August. It was a tier of his own. There was no one else close to him. Um we thought he would be kind of like a Christian McCaffrey style running back where he was a clear running back one and just kind of took off from there and never really fell from grace. And yeah, he did. He, he fell from grace in, in his, um, in this season. So he ended up dropping down to the running back 19 in points per game. He did have injuries here and there. There was a lot of question marks around the Colts this season with the quarterbacks. I think there were three different starting quarterbacks. There was um, two different head coaches. You had the interim. Um, Frank Wright got injured, and then you had the interim Jeff Saturday. There was a lot of question marks, and that offense did not look functional throughout the entire season. I think that that offensive line as well was a big question mark. They paid a lot of money to that offensive line and didn't get what they paid for. Jonathan yeah, Taylor, I think he's still the running back one, as we've just mentioned. He's still the running back one. <laughs> and yet, where do we go with this? Because it doesn't feel like he is the running back one. I think everyone's bunched the running back room or dynasty running back room up into yeah. a tier of five or six at the top rather than having this clear running back one. Um, as we did, but yeah, I mean, if you if you believed in Jonathan Taylor before, you've got to buy him now because his price has dipped. That that's the only way you can think about it. You yeah, know, you're not going to sell him. You're not going to sell him now because you he's dipped so much. Um, and also, he he is an out and out workhorse, and I think someone will come in in that head coach position, realize what he did a year ago, and go back to what worked for the Colts. I, I just believe that you'll get back to what he's shown us. He's too young to fall off. So he's a clear buy for me. Um, and you should probably do it soon, I think, <laughs> before the hype starts up again. And uh, yeah. and they bring in some 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 offensive mind there. You get, you know, I don't know who they're going to get, maybe in the draft, and you quarterback in the draft. Um, 
because Matt Ryan's finished there, isn't he? So yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what the Colts do, but they need they go back to winning. How they won was through Jonathan Taylor, and he, he you know he's got, we're presuming he's going to come back healthy next year, so he'll be at the top of drafts again, and therefore you know he's twenty three, twenty four. He's got to be up there. You got to be. A, he's got to be a buying dynasty. Has to be. I don't know whether you agree, but that I can't see a world where the IR decision was just uh, just down to the injury. I think it's yeah, he's got a slight. I injury, agree, but let's just chuck him on IR, shut him down. This season's not going to go anywhere. I agree. I mean, I watched the play because I had you know it was championship week, wasn't it, or the one before, and yeah, I had him going in a couple. Of... Yeah. Okay, and I was like, well, you know. He was just running off. He, 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 there was no limp, nothing. And you didn't see him again. So <laughs> it was like, you know, he just had a massive 20-yard screen. Um, really good. You know, he celebrated afterwards, you know, got the ball. And it was like, I know, did not play another snap after that. So a very, very strange end. Um, but go get him in Dynasty if you can. What would you be trading to go and get a Jonathan Taylor right now? Yeah, a tough question. Um, would you trade the all the all the talk at the moment is the 101 is going would, to be Bijan Robinson? So would you trade the 101 straight up for Jonathan Taylor? No, because 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 Bijan Robinson could could go to to a, a an absolute sweet spot, and you you then buy in two or three years of um of production. Um, so the one on one, I would not, I would not, if, because just gambling on where he, he goes, if he goes in the first round of the draft, with some, some are saying he might, to 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 an RB needed team, and they're going to feed him, then you know you you you're two years younger than Jonathan Taylor, so probably not. Um, but I I do have him RB one out of these lot, so you know before the rookies come in. He is he's RB one for me. Um, Kenneth Walker is probably RB two, and um, I would probably have Eckler and Barkley and McCaffrey all tied at RB three. So I'd trade any of those for Taylor straight up. But you know that that might not be a reach actually for some people now. Um, he might be RB five in that crew, um, in which case you can you can get some more on top. But you know in in terms of um, Joe Mixon plus plus uh, a second or cook in a second yeah i'd be doing all that kind of good stuff if i could get away with it in early second obviously probably um yeah i would try and get my hands on jonathan taylor yeah completely see where you're going with that um so that is all we have for the running back antonio uh, mm-hmm. do you have a dynasty tip for listeners um it could be anything but yeah, we touched on it. So, it, yeah, okay, we touched on it a little bit. But the, the the players. So you know, when you're playing dynasty, you get into the playoffs. You sneak into the playoffs. Let's say you're 105, 106, in in the in the playoff seedings. And then all of a sudden, this you know, you get players who are down at one, who miss the playoffs completely. And they're trying to sell you vet, veterans, and they're giving you, I don't know, players like James Conner, and they want a first back. Um, and they they can they push these kind of deals on you because you got into the playoffs. Just just uh, be be aware at this point because even though you think you're in the playoffs and you're a contender, you you might not be. You might be in the playoffs. You might just sneak snuck in, and all of a sudden you're giving away 
106, 105 in, the, in next year's draft for someone like um, Leonard Fournette or, or um, you know, some of those agent Aaron Jones. And, and they could flame out. They could have one game in the playoffs like Aaron Jones did, like Leonard Fournette did. And all of a sudden, you know, you haven't got your first round pick but, but it, it's, it, you feel like you're doing the right thing because you're a contender. So I think that's just something, it, it, that's more of an in-season dynasty tip. Um, still re, still evaluate your team, even if you got into the playoffs, because you could be a pretender in there and you don't want to be caught giving away picks at that point in the, in the, in the season. Yeah, I, I love that. I think a lot of people immediately when they get into the playoffs think, I've got a chance. And yes, the playoffs are completely um, unpredictable. I've seen playoffs where the first and second seed that have had buyers go all the way and they have a championship match and the first seed wins and it was exactly how everyone expected. And I've seen ones where the mm. fifth and sixth seed that just snuck in managed to go all the way through and the sixth seed took it. It, it, it is completely unpredictable, but... Yeah. As you said, you've always got to um, evaluate your roster. Before we get out of here, um, Antonio, where can everyone find you? Um, what can what can people listen to? You mentioned the videos, yeah, podcasts. So FF underscore lights out seven is Twitter handle. Um, but I'm going to be all over Five Yard Dynasty, hopefully over Five Yard as well with Murph. Hopefully doing some stuff with. Um, play action pass when we get the podcast ever running and uh, you'll see some short videos coming out shortly hopefully before the draft so yeah catch me on there catch antonio on all of those um i'm going to leave you listeners with uh no five yard plug but another brain teaser i don't know whether antonio will get this one um but which Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Running back had the biggest difference between their points per game rank and their end of season or season long ranking. Bo- uh, bonus points if you get the correct difference in ranks as well. So the rank difference between points per game and end of season rank. I will make it a bit easier because it is a large difference. I'll say within five. Um, so quickly, Antonio, any guesses? Uh, I'll give you a hint. No, I'll give you a hint. It was someone that didn't play many games at all. (laughs) So an injury. Brees Hall. No. So I'm going to leave that with you, listeners. Um, Leave it. It is someone that you probably won't think of. So think of those names in the back of your mind that you probably haven't thought about for ages, if not ever. Um, Maybe surprised you one week or or two. Um, But which running back had the biggest difference between their points for game rank and the season long rank bonus points, if you can guess the correct difference? McKinnon. No, you're close enough. Oh, that was the last um, one. All right. And if you get the difference between five uh, ranks, I'll, I'll let you have the bonus point. But that is everything we have for you listeners. So that is the end of the show. Um, until next week, thank you, Antonio. And remember, yep. thank you very much. Be aware in the fantasy football playoffs and always evaluate your team. See you later, guys. Bye. Thank you.